Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast, everybody. I'm Topher Lane here with Justin Quinn, and we're here again to break down the details of the Gordon Hayward decision after a harrowing day of conflicting reports. So let's not waste any time and jump right in. Justin, how did we get to where we are now with Gordon Hayward on the Boston Celtics? Oh, boy. Well, like a lot of people, I have been sorting through Twitter. Let's just say Control-R has been my friend today. Happy Fourth of July. What's that? Happy Fourth of July. It's definitely the the day of of refreshing. I haven't even seen the outside of the the, the five minutes that I went out to go to the gym right before he ended up – Finally, let me let me back up and just just give some people some context. I don't think there's too many people out there who don't understand what's happening. But Gordon Hayward was rumored to sign with the Boston Celtics earlier this morning when ESPN's Chris Haynes put out a tweet basically saying as much. And then very shortly afterwards, I believe it was David Aldridge who first reported, and then shortly after Adrian Wojnarowski, that those reports had not been confirmed by the Celtics, the Miami, or by Utah's front offices, sending everybody into one hell of a day. Yeah, well, then there was stuff that the agent was saying, that that Gordon Hayward's agent was saying, that they still hadn't made a decision. All this other stuff was going on. And honestly, I I was so excited. I, I celebrated after I saw that we that we had signed him, and then it was so cruelly taken away from Celtics fans. Even from I mean, I'm not sure if if Utah and even Miami fans were happy that it was taken away, or if they were just as worried, or, or kind of what their thoughts were. But I, it was just the most ridiculous thing that I think I've ever seen in the NBA free agency period. It's just the the perfect. And I don't mean this to, to, you know, make light of, of a lot of the anxiety that we felt today, but it was, it, it was very fitting for the way that free agency and really the whole season has gone this year. Yeah. Would you say that this is comparable to, to the uh, DeAndre Jordan fiasco of a couple of years ago? I mean, it was definitely different. You know, there were different more, factors more at play. Yeah. This was just a poor control of information. I don't think necessarily that, you know, there's been a lot of recriminations being cast about at different reporters. And I think that this could have been handled better by everyone reporting everything a little bit more thoroughly than it was done. And, you know, I'm going to go, go ahead and say that I'm really happy that Hayward has signed with us, but Hopefully the next time that lad is up for free agency and other free agents in the future, just work a little harder controlling the information. Or, you know, if it was the fault of reporters coming off of completely, you know, false information or rumor, then, you know, I hope the proper discipline is handed out. But whatever ended up actually happening, I I definitely think this could have been handled better. And I'm pretty sure that's a Pretty common sentiment right now. Well, something like five hours went by from when it was first reported to when a Players' Tribune article titled Thank You, Utah was released by Gordon Hayward on the Players' Tribune. And, you know, he announced he was going to sign with the Boston Celtics. But the thing that I think Celtics fans love the most is his, him talking about his relationship with Brad Stevens and then ending with that they had unfinished business, that they started building on the court all those years ago in Indiana. 
and I'm quoting here, that unfinished business we had together back in 2010 when I left Butler for the NBA, as far as I'm concerned, all these years later, we still have it, and that's to win a championship. You hear that? All you Celtics fans out there, you should be really happy that UConn beat them and that Duke beat them because who knows, they might not have had <laughs> unfinished business otherwise. Well, so do you think, and I'll start with, with this before we kind of dive into how we got to this point, but do you think that this is a championship caliber team? And, and we'll talk about, you know, what it's going to look like as after we get ditch the money to be able to give them this max contract, but I was just going to cut you off right there and and bring that up. How can we know if this is a championship team? We don't really know what the roster is, the finished roster is going to look like. I'm assuming. Now, I I have to dive into it a little bit. I'm assuming that, okay, so for those of of you who aren't aware, the cap situation for the reported full max that Hayward is getting is going to require moving someone greater than the salary of one of the lower level rotation guys like say Terry Rozier who comes in just a little under 2 million it's going to have to be more closer to 4 million which means it's almost certainly going to unless there's some kind of really amazing machinations going on that we're going to end up having to cut salary along the lines of either Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley or Jay Crowder what do you think, just so I, we can keep the narrative going here, what do you think that the most optimal potential person to move, if we really do have to move one of those three, before we can answer that would, question on whether or not it's a championship roster? I would say Jay. You know, because, I mean, he's he's the most – he's already a starter. Uh, he – you know, I think Jay Crowder is an upgrade. Maybe he's a slight – decline in defense, but otherwise I think he's an upgrade in every single aspect of, of Jay's role with the Celtics. So I would say Jay is probably the best case scenario. Plus, I mean, he had issues with with Gordon Hayward back in, was it January or February when the yeah, Jazz the Twitter storm. I no, I'm not sure that. if that'll cause some, some issues with, with chemistry. And I, I I know that this team prides itself on having such strong chemistry, and I don't want Jay Crowder to feel like he's getting into motion, which he would in source. He would lose a lot of minutes to Gordon Hayward. I think he would lose a lot of minutes to Gordon Hayward. I'm not sure if you take that personally or not. But- well, this is, this is how I'm looking at the Jay Crowder situation. I do agree that the chemistry situation could be a problem. I think that the most obvious solution, at least in terms of taking stock, is once the move has been finalized, and this conversation has probably already happened, if, if it ends up happening, are you going to be able to get along with this person if we can use you in a way where your minutes don't take a significant decline? Now, depending on who is moved where, we could see something like Jalen Brown getting bumped down to the two if Avery Bradley ends up being the person who is moved. And there's a very good reason, who I'm sure regular listeners are familiar with, based on the fact that Bradley's going to be due a big raise. We probably aren't going to be willing to pay him, though you never know, particularly now that Paul George isn't an option and the idea of what it would take to get into the luxury tax to be a truly championship-level team, in my opinion, that that is an option. Another potential option besides sliding Brown to the two in the place of Bradley and then moving Jay Crowder up to a four 
sharing some time also at the three. And maybe even some minutes as a small ball five from time to time with, with this new look, very, you know, wingy, positionless as the buzzword that's been going around. There, there's a lot of solutions. However, Marcus Smart might bring back the highest return. I could see something along the lines. One of the players I've, I've been talking about a lot in bringing to Boston would be somebody like Capella out of Houston who I don't think they value as much as they should or they would have extended him. He's going into the last year of his deal, and I believe he's going to be earning about $2 million. So by letting go, I think you might just be able to – I'd have to check the numbers, but I think that would get you just under the line for a max contract in that particular situation. What are your thoughts on any of those possibilities? So I'm going to – kind of go and say that Bradley you know I, I understand we're not going to be able to re-sign him I don't want to ditch him because he's been one of the most reliable starters that the Celtics have had for the last few seasons uh, especially a scoring punch and I understand that we're going to replace that with Gordon Hayward and that we've got another scorer, a really effective scorer who can be in the starting lineup but I don't necessarily want to plug Jalen in in part because I still think he's really young I, I don't, I mean, I, we could promote Marcus Smart to that two-guard spot, and that would be effective. My, my one kind of pro for trading Avery Bradley is that that would open the most cap space and would allow us to hold on to Gershon Yabusele, which I think would be... It might also enable us to get somebody back who'd be useful in the rotation as well. Exactly. And, and the thing is that I'm not sure if we want to fetch a ton of return as far as this goes, because we don't want to come back with a lot of money. We need to clear this space, and Bradley might be the most effective way to do that. So that's that's my pro for Bradley. My pro and con for Marcus Smart is that you know he's just one of the most physical defenders, and has been someone who can be electric off the bench, who can spur a run with phenomenal defensive stops that just cripple another team's momentum. And I, I really don't want to take that off of our bench. Um, I think, and, and I said a little bit earlier, I think Jay Crowder is the most, I think he's, Gordon Hayward is the best upgrade for Jay Crowder. And it, it, we don't lose a lot as far as the, his game goes in switching to Gordon Hayward, whereas I think we lose a lot more between Bradley and Marcus Smart, both in just their roles and kind of how they fit onto the Celtics roster and, and the Celtics rotation. So... In a roundabout sort of way, we've arrived at the perfect spot for me to answer your initial question. And in this case, I don't think that if we make a move that doesn't bring back a rotation player, that it's very realistic for us to be a championship team without the possibility of a buyout candidate, which is a certain, certainly an option depending on who ends up on the buyout market over the course of the year between now and the end of the season. I won't go into the weeds trying to figure out who that might be. There's a lot of candidates. We can talk about that on the general free agency podcast that will be coming along very shortly. However, I do think that, and this is kind of a generic answer, but based on who ends up being the person who we can get a good return for that will optimally get somebody back into the rotation, even if it's just somebody who can p- pick up spot minutes at a position, particularly the position of weakness. 
Then if you couple that with the right options later in the season or potentially, you know, over the summer, but more likely later in the season as things materialize towards the end of the season, it's possible this is a contending team in a, in, in a true sense. It will be a contending scene, uh, team in the sense that it's going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm almost 100% sure based on what's happened in, in the East versus the West with all with so many guys moving out to the Western Conference in the last couple of well, days. Yeah, and in, in that light, we're going to be a 60-win team. It's going to be an inflated 60 wins. But it's going to be a 60-win team nonetheless, and... Frankly speaking, I think we're going to be very well positioned to capitalize on the turmoil that Cleveland has been in basically since free agency was even a whisper. Just because Gilbert, Dan Gilbert, the owner, doesn't seem to be willing to be paying anybody beyond this year. Low key, LeBron has not been recruiting people, which is basically the same thing as saying stay away. And there's been other rumbles, particularly if you think back to the Jimmy Butler trade to Minnesota that people were advising him on, on that roster to stay away from, from Cleveland. So I actually think that while Cleveland is still going to be the team to beat in the East for Boston, it's a very good chance they will be a weaker team, a less focused and hungry team, and possibly, quite possibly a less financially prepared team in terms of, in terms of Gilbert's willingness to spend. I mean, right now they don't even have a general manager. So is there a movement on the, Chauncey Billups front for that because I know he is Chauncey is out. He did not feel it was the right situation, so he he might you know resurface and talks again, but he he made the right move. I think there there's a lot of confusion going on right now, but rather than getting getting into the weeds for that, which is something we should definitely be talking about in the next podcast, I do want to say thank you to Kelly Olynyk. He has been cut loose. The Adrian Wojnarowski has been reporting there is significant interest in him around the league. He's going to be sending an offer very shortly. I'm assuming if we make it till tomorrow morning without, without news, I will be kind of impressed of, of him drawing significant interest from specific clubs. And by the end of the day, I will be flabbergasted. There's a lot of teams I think that could use what he can provide. Unfortunately, Boston is no longer one of them. And I, I do definitely have to agree with that. And I, we didn't write a poem like we did for Amir um, Johnson, but you know, I mean, his contribution and, and the thing that I think Boston fans will remember him for, outside of the things that they kind of hated him for, will be his game seven, really just phenomenal performance against the Wizards in the Hello? second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And that, I think that's a fantastic legacy for him to leave because he kind of lived up to the potential in that game. Yeah, you know, I think that that's exactly what Danny Ainge kind of wanted from him through the course of his career with the Celtics. And I think that it really, it fits kind of the end of his career in green that he was able to kind of kind go of out poetic, on that yeah, note. Speaking of poetry. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. And I think that, you know, the fact that he was also able to be kind of a part of what enables us to get Gordon Hayward, I think goes a really long way and something that he won't get the kind of recognition that he deserves for, for having done what he did for the Celtics on a regular basis, um, you know, playing as hard as he could, being a spark off the bench in some situations. There were games where he came in and put up 20-something points for the Celtics, uh, you know, on in games where he really needed that spark. The regular season, sorry. He was a key part of the regular season win over Golden State to that point as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he had random games where he really 
came out to play. And it was, you know, great to see that he was able to do that, especially during the, the playoffs, during game seven, but, you know, through the regular season as well. And I think he finally stepped into his own. It'll be interesting to see where he goes as free agency continues. I, and I agree with you. I think tomorrow morning may be the cutoff of when I'd expect to see him remaining as, as a free agent and his last team being the Celtics. Some other related news. Amir Johnson is gone to the 76ers on a one-year, $11 million contract. Seems like a bit much in my opinion, but he was part of the Colangelo-era Toronto Raptors, which might have played a role in that. Uh, so speaking of Amir, well, your poem came true. It's official. Yeah, I knew we knew he was gone, but yeah, now it's now it's actually true. The ode to Amir, it's over. Now, I feel Enjoying. like do I have to do one for Kelly as well. Is that something I have to work on? I don't know what to do. I think you should. I think you should. Okay. I'll work on it for the next one. All right. J.J. Redick will be joining him on the 76ers, who suddenly look like a playoff team on a one-year, $23 million deal. And apart from other stuff that's going to be spoken about more in depth tomorrow, we're going to give you the full free agency rundown to date everything that's happened, what other moves might be coming, the whole gamut will be coming tomorrow. We signed Daniel Theiss. For a two-year deal, the exact terms are still undisclosed, but at this point, it's looking to be either part of or all of the mid-level exception or more likely something like the biannual, since that hasn't been used for some time. There, there's some options for signing him, but don't expect anything about the German combo forward. He's got a good shot. He can rebound okay. Going to be cheap. Nice rotation player. Kind of has strong points where Antti Zizic is a little weak and vice versa. We'll talk about that more also tomorrow. And apart from that, Tyler Zeller also waived since the last time we've spoken. Also making room. The Tyler Zeller era is also over. Excuse us if we sound a little bit ragged. It's been a really long day. <laughs> I spent uh, most of my 4th of July um, away from the, the people that I loved and just like refreshing Twitter constantly. And, you know, as much as that sucks, I'm really happy that it worked out in the end. I'd be much more frustrated if Gordon Hayward released that, that Players' Tribune and there was no no Boston in it. You know, the fact that, that it's green, I'm ecstatic. Everything's worth it. Agreed. All right, sweet. Anything you want to add that you, that you feel like we missed that we want to hit on? Oh, I'm sure there's tons and tons and tons, but it's been a long day, and I know that you probably want to get back to your family as much as I want to get back to a bed. <laughs> and to that end, all of you listeners should be checking out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies, and I imagine we will be having some new ones to celebrate the most recent acquisition of the Celtics. Joining the roster, you'll be able to get tickets to the next game next season when Mr. Hayward is donning the green and white for the first time. And you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Please subscribe so you can hear us rant and rave about how amazing we feel he is when he plays for us next season. I'm assuming it's going to be amazing. Probably not too crazy. <laughs> if you like what you hear, rate us five stars. If you don't like what you hear, particularly because we're tired and disjointed, forgive us, but let us know. Be understanding. So we can fix it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, any article, leave a comment. 
on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. That's hashtag CLPOD. We're always trying to bring you the coverage of the Boston Celtics the way you want, the way you like it. <laughs>